Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, I chat to athletes, coaches, and industry professionals about their sporting journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Guests range from Olympians to the everyday lover of sport, but the message stays the same. There is so much more to sport than what meets the eye. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. I'd love to hear from you. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Melbourne Vixens netballer, Kate Eddy. Kate takes us through the beginning of her sporting journey of playing netball with her friends, as well as the journey for her to make it her profession, including a move interstate to step towards her dream, before making her way back to Victoria and playing for the Melbourne Vixens. Kate's passion for the sport and the love for her team really shines through in this chat, and there are some incredible life lessons that she mentions that everyone could benefit from hearing. I know since recording, I've had to remind myself of some of them at times. Kate is so bubbly and down to earth, so I really hope you enjoy listening to this chat as much as I enjoyed recording it. So can you tell us about your sport and how you got into it? So netball, um, when I was a little girl, I started playing just because all my friends were playing it. I didn't want to have... FOMO as a little kid I don't think that word was really thrown around when I was six years old but um, I think yeah I loved sport I love being active mum played netball so yeah I just played for my school team and we were called the turtles the black and black (laughs) turtles were really cute and fierce and then I just fell in love with the sport and continued to play I'm still playing obviously so um, yeah I think just the friends kind of got me into the netball yeah amazing and that's the thing with team sports is it's kind of a friendship base rather than an individual sport where it's more performance based oh absolutely I did little athletics and cross country I tried tennis but I always used to do like drawing onto car so mum had to pull me out because I wasn't really playing tennis (laughs) but I think um team sports I absolutely love them because it's not just the competitiveness of the actual sport like I love the game of netball and when I used to play basketball I love the game of basketball as well but I think it's the friendships and like not even just your teammates it's the support staff like I'm really good friends with a few of my coaches and everything like that from when I was in under 11s and under 12s so I think just the support network that you make from team sports there's so many amazing people and don't get me wrong there's amazing people in individual sports too but I think there's just more opportunity to learn and grow with more people around you yeah oh I really like that so you did little ass as well but it was the school introduction so how cool is that that you got to play netball in school and now you're you know playing for the Melbourne Vixens like do you look back and go oh my gosh this is crazy it's crazy. We actually, um, at Vixens, our media manager asked us to send in some photos of when we were younger and mum was like flicking through some photos of me playing netball when I was a little kid and it just reminds you of how fun, you know, like you just kind of played netball when you were six, seven, eight because it was fun and I think that really stood out to me is, you know, like I still love netball now as well and I am very grateful to be in the position that I am playing with the Melbourne Vixens. It was a lifelong dream for me to play. I guess when I was little, it was the Phoenix and the Kestrels, but now it's the Melbourne Vixens. And so, yeah, it's pretty 
special and I still have to pinch myself that I am um, yeah playing for the Vixens. Oh and was there like a specific moment that you were like I don't want to do us I don't want to do tennis but I want to be a netballer like netball is for me? Um, it wasn't until probably like year seven or year eight. So I played rep basketball. I was playing heaps of netball. I think I still did little athletics as well, but, and I was going into high. So I think it was maybe halfway through year seven, mum and dad said to me like, Kate, you've got to pick something. Like I'm <laughs> running you around everywhere. I have a sister who was doing the exact same athletics, basketball, netball, you know, like you've just got to pick. And I think it was tough for me like I love basketball as well and dad always said says to me that I was a better basketballer than a netballer so but I just think that at that moment like netball I just think being a female sport like predominant sport I love that and I love trying to inspire people and females young old whatever your maturity level is I think I don't know like what like if it was a flick of the switch and I was like, yes, it's a netball. But I just, I'm super lucky that I have chosen netball because I've got nothing, but obviously I've got some sucky memories, but <laughs> nothing but great memories when it comes to netball. Oh, that's amazing. And speaking of some great memories, uh, has there been any significant milestones in your journey? Like I know the last two years with the pandemic have been a little bit crazy. So we can get into that a little bit later, but some of those milestones maybe that we might not know of well my opportunity to play at the highest level came like to play and move into state for New South Wales so I think that for me was really really hard to swallow at the start like I'm a very home person I'm very independent but I think at the time I was 20 years old and for me to move away from home was pretty scary away from my friends I just had like a new boyfriend as well um And so it was really, really scary, but it was honestly like the best two years ever, not only just for netball, but I developed as a person. I didn't have mum booking my doctor appointments or my dentist appointments. (laughs) I'm sure she would have done that. But I think just for me to develop as a person and to get my foot in the door and to start my opportunity at the best level and in the best league in the world. So that was pretty exciting that's definitely a milestone for me Um, and I think another one that I'm super lucky to have um, I guess participated in because this year it didn't go ahead was the World Youth Cup so in under 21s which was god I don't even know what year that was four years ago Um, (laughs) 2017 2017 we um I went to Botswana, so in Africa, to play for Australia in the World Youth Cup. So that was something that was really special for me. Um, Unfortunately, with the pandemic, the girls this year in that um, age bracket haven't been able to participate in that and that hasn't been able to go ahead. So I think for me, that was really special. And to be able to pull on the yellow and green dress is really incredible. And it's something that I would love to do at an open level as well for the diamonds. So I think those two are really important to me. I think they really shaped the rest of my career so far. Um, but then winning the grand final last year was probably like a massive highlight for me as well. I've had lots of highlights and I've had <laughs> lots of lowlights as well. But I think winning last year um, 
with the year before um, when I was at Swifts, I ruptured two ligaments in my ankle and it was a season ending injury. So I missed out on um, the second half of the season and we ended up winning the grand final. So for me to not be able to participate in that and kind of close the chapter on my um, New South Wales Swifts journey, because I obviously knew I was coming home to the Melbourne Vixens the following year. So I think that for me was bittersweet, you know, and I'm very lucky that I was a part of two premiership teams back to back in, in different clubs as well. So last year was definitely very, very, very special as well. Yes. And you did that on the back of an injury. Like I was doing a little bit of research and you almost didn't play that game last year. What happened there? Yeah. So it was a bit of a, um, like deja vu, I guess. Not really funny. It was really sad at the time, but I think I can laugh about it now because of the outcome and everything that happened, but it was round 14. So halfway through the game, I had a really sore foot and I couldn't continue playing, um, which was fine. The next day woke up and I was still really, really sore. Um, and physio just said, look, we're going to send you for a scan. Better be safe and sorry. We'll just clear things. Um, didn't really think anything would show up. And next thing I know, I got a phone call really, really quickly after my scan, which normally I don't think would be very great news um then unfortunately the physio um had to tell me that I had a bone stress reaction in my one of my metatarsals in my foot and normally it would be like a six to eight week injury and that um broke my heart a lot and to hear it from the physio as well like he was hurting trying to tell me as well because he obviously understood that the year before the same thing happened and I didn't get to play at the grand final. Um, but I am very, very lucky that the physio doctor and everything, like the support staff were really, really amazing. And I was on crutches and in a moon boot for 10 days. I couldn't even put my foot on the ground in a moon boot. So I was hopping everywhere. I was swimming without kicking. I was like doing boxing, arm crank and everything just to try and make sure that I was still staying fit. And, you know, so I was always planning to try and come back and play. I did miss the first final, which was hard to watch, but also really exciting as well because we did win. And that put me in good stead to be able to, then we had um, a week off and that allowed me to then just concentrate on my rehab and try and really push to play that grand final. Because if we would have lost that, then I definitely still wouldn't have been able to play the next game as well. So after the 10 days in a boot, I was able to walk with the crutches and then I was able to just walk in the moon boot as well. I only had to get through one, it was like 40 minutes of a training session. Mm -hmm. That's all I had to get through on the week of the grand final. So I got through my 40 minutes to 60 minutes of a session I um, put the boot back on, like I was in the boot the whole time, woke up game day on grand final day in a moon boot. I literally walked into the team meeting. I think I just maybe taken off my boot and left it in there. Oh no, I took the moon boot to the game actually. <laughs> <laughs> I carried in my moon boot with my runners. Um, and then I was very lucky that I was able to play like 55 minutes out of 60 minutes of the grand final last year. Um, I did end up breaking the bone in my foot, which was always something that 
I knew the risk that going into that game and the physios and the doctors, um, you know, we were all aware that that would happen. But with what happened to me the previous year, there was no way I was going to miss out another year. And Simone was really great. She wanted me to be a part of that grand final and she was happy whether I could play one minute or 50 minutes. So I think having her support really allowed me to just concentrate on the rehab and just try and get out there and be free and not worry too much about how much or how little I could play as well. So it was a very tough and emotional back end three weeks of the season last year, but it ended up on a massive high and yeah, I ended up my whole off season. I was in crutch on crutches in a moon boot, but it was totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. What an, like, that's such an incredible story. And like, what a quick comeback. I know it didn't, it was kind of like a comeback only to go back on into the moon boot, but like you still got to have that grand final match and you played so much of it, like 55 minutes out of an hour is incredible. And you would have been in a bit of pain, although adrenaline would cover a little bit of that. But, oh, were you so proud of yourself that you could, you know, stand there going, I played that game the best I could? Oh, absolutely. I think I was just proud of everyone. And I think the whole year was so tough. And, you know, my injury was uh, just a small part of things that went wrong, I guess, that year, like, people were missing family, like there were a lot of backstories that nobody really knew in the front as well. Like, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, people having sick family members at home and not knowing whether they were able to go home to them and things like that. So I think I was just super proud of everyone and to end up with that gold medal around our next at the end of the year, um, everyone had sacrificed so much just to be able to play and be away for 13 weeks away from their family and friends and everyone last year. So I think it was just, I was not only just proud to be out there and pull on the dress on that day, but yeah, super proud of everyone in the team. Yeah. And what a year it was like, it was 2020 so the the year of the start of the pandemic I think we all thought last year that it would kind of be over by now but it's but it's still going but you know it was very new in this whole hub situation like how did that work like did you guys get much advance notice we're going into last year this year's obviously been a bit different but how did how did that even come about yeah so last year they had a lot more like planning I guess to get into it so with the whole of Australia in lockdown last year for what, two months, um, we were all at home training and then we were lucky to get exemptions in Victoria for us, um, Dixons and Collingwood, to be able to train. So we were able to do that. And there were always talks that we had many, many Zoom sessions trying to um, see what the best outcome was because we all knew that we just wanted to try and get a season out, whether or not it was a condensed season, a full season. Um, they did talk about the hub scenario and everyone was like, no, like this, that's not going to happen. And in the end, it was kind of the only probable thing to do. Like it was the only option in the end. So we did get notice. Collingwood and us Vixens, we had to quarantine for two weeks up in Queensland. We got told that we were away for like nine weeks, I think, but that wasn't including finals. So then tack on three weeks to the end of that as well, which, you know, you'd stay there forever if it meant you win the grand final. So there was warning last year. Obviously this year was very different, but I think it was all, we were very lucky that Queensland COVID cases last year um, weren't around. So we were pretty lucky with 
being able to walk around, we still had restrictions and things like that, but it was definitely pretty smooth sailing last year, condensing the season and then playing out a full final series. Oh, wow. And you mentioned before, like how hard it was to be and everyone in the country and probably around the world is feeling that how hard it has been to be away from your families, but to do it for a sport that's been able to provide so much entertainment and like a little bit of an outlet for the rest of us is such an amazing thing. And, you know, thank, like, thank you for all the sacrifices because I know it kept us entertained watching the matches and everything. Oh, thank you. I think a lot of us felt pretty guilty at the start and, you know, we didn't want to post on social media. We didn't want to tell anybody that we were like able to go for a walk without a mask and things <laughs> like that because, we were so lucky that we could do that and all of our family and friends at home were just stuck in their houses to their five kilometres and things like that. So I think we did feel really guilty, but I think after a while we did receive plenty of positive messages and um, from fans and family members and things like that. So that was really nice to, you know, hear that you could put a little smile on people's faces once or twice a week for an hour when they watch the netball. Yeah, definitely. And Then this year happened, (laughs) you came off the high of winning the grand final in the middle of a pandemic with, you know, being relocated. And then this year happened and the season got broken up into many different hubs. It wasn't just the one hub. How was that? What what was that like? Like the, the comparison, I guess. Look, this year was really, really tough. I think for us as a team, we did lose, you know, Tegan and Caitlin Plates last year, who were two of our, you know, most senior players and they've been around for a very long time. So to lose two of, you know, the most, oh, I don't even know, they had so many caps between them and so much experience. So to lose that, our mums of the team was already difficult. And then Lizzie Watson as well, she hurt her foot and had to take the season off to, you know, recover and rehab and things like that for her foot to be okay for the future so that was already tough and then to throw in the season that you know you always kind of felt like you were on edge because one day um, you just kind of get a call saying that you're moving and you need to leave and pack your bag so quite a few times I think twice or three times we had to pack up and within like two hours and both times I was actually down in Sorrento and so I literally got a call in the morning saying all right we're going to Queensland today um you need to pack your bags we're not sure how long you'll be away for and I was like I'm still the beach like I'm driving (laughs) down and I'm like oh my goodness stressed already and I think that was the hardest thing was you kind of always felt like you were on edge even when you were away you still never felt like you were settled you were always like oh are we going to be able to go home or are we going to be here for a little bit longer we're going to move hotel like just little things like that that in a normal year I don't know what normal is anymore (laughs) but before COVID happened you'd kind of just know when you're playing you know when training is like and you just went through your routine whereas now you don't really have a routine and you don't really have a schedule it's just kind of like you got to go day by day so this year was really difficult in um you know not knowing when you're able to come home to loved ones and family and friends and I think for a lot of us missing three months last year and then again three months this year um 
you know, you do kind of lose connection with a lot of people. And I think that is really hard because when you are in a hub situation, you don't really think, you kind of just get really like enclosed and um, tunnel vision into what's there. You don't really think about too much going on at home. And it sounds really like selfish and horrible, but because you're just surrounded by netball and surrounded by people you're just in this little bubble and it's really hard to kind of like get out sometimes as well so I think a lot of us did well I personally struggled a lot more this year it just in terms of not being able to settle and like just chill out like I'm a pretty chilled person <laughs> bubbly person and I think for me not being able to just be myself like that was pretty difficult yeah Yeah, I can totally relate, not in the sense of the netball scenario, but the not being able to chill out. Like we, how many lockdowns are we on? We're on our fourth lockdown this year. (laughs) And yeah, you know, only being 10 days apart from lockdown number five, we're in lockdown number six now. You you can't settle and you're just kind of like, oh, like where are we going to be next week? Don't even know. Where are we going to be next month? Who knows? And I couldn't imagine having to play sport at one of the highest levels at the same time like that would be incredibly hard to be able to perform and and deal with all of the mental stress that's happening around you as well yeah I definitely think like I mean we were so fortunate that we could still do our job and you know I think you did touch on it just then saying to be able to perform when there's so many other things going on it is really difficult and you know us at the Vixen we didn't really have the best year this year um, with all of our games not being able to finish off the season with as many wins as we would like but you know I'm super lucky that I did get like get the ability to play whereas there's so many people small businesses and everything like that in Melbourne that are on Victoria even all around Australia that are really struggling and so I think at the end of the day we are all just really grateful that we were able to you know play netball at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And we're we're grateful that you have been able to play it. And my sister, Rachel, shout out Rachel. (laughs) um, (laughs) She really wants to know what it's like being on the receiving end of Kate Maloney's pep talk. So she's the captain of the team. What's it like being pepped by Kate Maloney? Oh, I think if anyone's ever listened to Kate Maloney's speeches at, you know, halftime or at a timeout, they're pretty passionate and, you know, whatever she says, you just kind of want to do. She's the type of leader that has the best work ethic. She is someone that you just want to follow into anything. If she says work harder, you're going to work 500 times harder than anyone else. Like she is the epitome of, you know, like a work horse. She just has the best attitude for everything. And she's just a great person as well. So I think when you are in that timeout and she's talking and she says like, I think one of the like famous ones that went around Twitter was like, who's with me or who's following me? And everyone was just like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'd follow you everywhere kind of thing. So I think being on the receiving end of that is just really inspiring and it just like gives you a little boost sometimes that you need um, when you're going back out on on court. Yeah, and I guess that swings back around to the benefit of a team sport is you have that captain or the leaders in the team that you can draw upon and you can use their energy and help bring you back up if if you're feeling down or even they can see you flourishing and that brings them up to encourage the rest of the team. I really like that about team sports. 
Oh, absolutely. I think being in an individual sport and having to pull yourself out of something uh, would be really hard. I look at the tennis players and think like they're on court sometimes for three, four hours. And I'm like, how, how do you like keep going and how do you pick yourself up if you've done two bad shots in a row? I'm like, oh my God, if I did two passes in a row, that were really bad. Like I need all my friends to get around me. Like hats off to individual athletes that can get themselves up and about. But yeah. As, as you said, I think being in team sports great because you can feed off the energy of other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, I guess that transfers over to your life. You know, you are used to having the team around you and you know how to lift each other up. But is there any other benefits sport has provided you as an individual that's like transferred over to the, the non-sport, Kate? Um, well, I think just being able to like persist and if I want to achieve something I think sport has really helped define me to be able to achieve goals that I really want to outside of sport network I think as well like the people in netball have really helped me you know with other opportunities like I'm studying at uni um, like coaching things like that that I've loved doing outside of netball I think Netball is just such a great sport and I would love for every single little boy and girl to be able to play netball and be part of a team in netball because I just think that the environment and the community that is in netball like just teaches you so much more than catching and throwing. It shows you how to socialise with other people, how to interact, how to listen, how to communicate with people Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is how to communicate with people and how to get the best out of other people and yourself. Like if you don't say something, you're never going to know the answer. And I think the hardest conversations that you'll ever have are with your coach or with a teammate. But if it's coming from a love, like, and if they respect you, then you just cop it on the chin and you think, yep, all right, this person's having this tough conversation with me because they really care about me and I think that does really translate to life as well like if mum was to say Kate pull your head in I think you're doing this oh okay mum must really care about me so I should actually try and do this so I do think that netball has like helped me understand people and their emotions as well and you know why people say and do things as well yeah definitely and I guess netball in the game sense is a high high pressure environment and you know, you don't really have time to think about the words before you say them. So yeah, being able to understand and communicate and know what people, their intentions behind what they're saying, they might, I don't know, tell you to move over there and they might not say it in a happy, fluffy way, but you know that they're doing it for the best intentions. Yeah, that's definitely really good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is a team sport and if you can't work together and be on the same page, it doesn't really work at the end of the day. So I think communication is massive. Yeah, that's something that I didn't really get in swimming because uh, (laughs) you don't really talk to people very much. I don't, you can't really yell at people underwater, can you? (laughs) Oh, you you can yell at them when they're at the wall, but they just swim off. So... (laughs) (laughs) That's probably what I lacked is a team sport environment. I was stuck in an individual sport where you're underwater most of the time. (laughs) It might be actually nice to do that. Just have some peace and quiet sometimes. Like I went watching the Olympics and seeing the swimmers, like I think it was the 1500 metres. I was like, 
I can't swim 400 meters without getting bored. Like, and I just like go in my head. I'm like, ding, 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 like thinking all the time. Like, I don't know what they're thinking of for 1500 meters. I'm like, whoa. Oh, they're counting how many strokes they're doing. They're going one, two, three, four, breathe or whatever breathing pattern they're doing. Yeah. It's actually really hard to, if you lose concentration, you've lost your laps. I remember like there's been times where I was racing even a 400 and I lost count of my laps and I had to like do some dodgy little turn my head so I could see the scoreboard so I could go like, oh yeah, that's the time we're at. I must be at this lap and I must have three to go or something like that. So <laughs> concentration. Yeah, that's it. But I guess that's a benefit of an individual is you need to concentrate the whole time. <laughs> I think so. So is there a lesson that you've learned along the way that you'd either want to share to your past self or someone up and coming or yet anyone listening from a different sport? Uh, I think just when you get put with challenges and everything like that, I think it's the way that you react and the way that you deal with it then defines what the challenge is. Like if you say, for example, when I hurt my foot or when I ruptured the ligaments in my ankle, or if I didn't make a team, that's, like what happened but it's not then what defined me after that I think the way that you go about like a challenge or a um, difficulty or a barrier things like that that then helps shape the next stage and who you are and who you want to be and so I just think if something bad happens yep obviously you're going to be upset like everyone is you know allowed to cry like I definitely cry a lot (laughs) and being able to, you know, check yourself and actually be in touch with your emotions, that's totally fine because if you don't feel emotions, then are you really caring about it? But then once you've kind of dealt with the emotions to then kind of put some plans in in place, I guess, and then what are you going to do next? I think that was the biggest thing for me. And in rehab, rehab is the loneliest journey in the world and it does suck a lot because quite often you are just doing it by yourself um you know and if you do you know like tick off a little tiny goal that's like on you and not really a lot of people see that and you don't get you know the high fives like if I took one one step in front of the other like that was the best thing for me when I was coming out of a moon boot but like no one was there to cheer me on because it was just like me walking like that's really cool okay like (laughs) but I think just being able to have goals yourself that kind of kept helping me motivate myself I guess and kept moving forward so I think if anything if you ever are faced with a difficulty or a challenge just make sure you do deal with it but then think of what's next and how you can overcome it and don't let that I guess define who you are yeah oh I really really like that because it's not whatever's happening to you it's how you respond to it that's the response is the one that's going to define you and we are not in control of whatever's happening to us, but we are in control somewhat to our response. If maybe not the first reaction, but definitely the steps after that we are in control of. And I really, really like that. And that's a good life lesson as well. Yeah. I think it's something that you can kind of put into anything like everyday work. Like if you don't get a job or, you know, if you don't get the mark on your uni assignment that you really wanted, like, that's fine, but like, what are you going to do next for the next one or, you know, things like that? 
Yes. Oh, I like that. I um, have little quotes <laughs> that get put in and I think we've just found yours. <laughs> so have you been involved in a project where you've used sport to help develop the community? So I would love to say yes, but unfortunately, I guess with playing elite netball, like I just haven't really had so much time I know people will say like oh you don't need a lot of time but I I really am passionate about this type of stuff and it's something that I would love to do outside of netball and for the rest of my like life outside of it when I retire as well so I think to me like it's not something that I kind of want to do just like half you know like half with half my energy it's something that I really want to you know try and do um, because I do think that sport is really important it is invaluable to everyone like it keeps you fit and healthy it teaches you so much about yourself and I think it shows you resilience as well so I would love to do things like that I've coached and things like that but um you know and I love seeing kids you know when they work something out and they're like oh my god I actually know how to do this now it's so it's so great and I think hopefully in the future if you ask me this question I'll have heaps and heaps and heaps of stories and projects that I've worked on um but unfortunately at the moment I am just trying to you know do little things here and there with coaching and clinics and trying to just help out if someone needs something like that but yeah, hopefully in the future, we'll have lots and lots and lots of projects. <laughs> but even by playing at this elite professional level, like you kind of are developing the community because there's a, you know, a six, a seven, an eight, a nine year old girl out there going, I want to be like this girl. And like that is shaping the next generation, even in itself. Like it's so incredible the impact that people can have just by, I'm not sure if you can hear my dog crying, he's crying at the door. <laughs> um sorry that's distracting um (laughs) what was I saying oh yeah how you can shape the community just by being a positive role model or positive influence yeah I think sometimes you like do forget that you are a role model to little kids like and not even little kids just to other people and people my age and things like that so I think sometimes you have to really reflect and think about what you do and what your actions are as well but you know when I remember when I was five and six like I used to love Cheryl McMahon and you know Bianca Chatfield and everything like that and I'm really lucky that Cheryl McMahon is our assistant coach at the Vixens as well so I think you forget how much you do mean to little kids and just being able to say hello after a game unfortunately we haven't been able to interact with fans and things like that this year but you do forget how much it really means that you know, to little kids or even just anybody to say hello and give a little autograph or take a photo with someone. It can really make someone's day. And I think that's what I have kind of missed this year, being able to interact with fans and things like that. So, yeah, it is pretty cool to think that, you know, you're someone's idol or, you know, and that you can help make someone's day at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And you're so humble about it and I I really really love it but yeah you definitely would have lots of fans out there like my sister is a fan I'm a fan (laughs) there you go she's got a shout out (laughs) but yeah like having that influence and I guess like throwing back to what's been happening in the last few weeks like with the Olympics going on that's why it's so 
important that that sporting event went ahead is because it inspires the next generation it, it gives everyone a little bit of a glimmer of a hope and yeah I think it, even that in itself develops the community oh absolutely I remember watching like the swimming finals and or anything and whenever someone won I was just like standing there crying because <laughs> you like you you can just see how much hard work that they put into it and I think as well being an athlete you know all of the things that they've given up on and everything you know that they've sacrificed to be there and for them to achieve like ultimate success it's just really like special and it makes you emotional like I couldn't believe I remember sitting in my room watching the you know the swim swimming races and just like crying there with tears in my eyes I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah I think I've cried a lot in the last two weeks and it's all been happy emotional tears like it's been someone winning a gold medal or it's been uh, my my future sister-in-law Brooke Stratton made the Olympic final in the long jump and like we were all crying watching that it's just special moments knowing about the journey that they've been on and getting to that point it's just yeah it's so special oh isn't it it is very special yeah <laughs> and with saying that, where do you see the future of sport? Oh, wow. I uh, Sport, I think, will run the world, I hope, one day. Like, And I would love for sport, for every kid to play sport. I would love every adult to play sport. Um, I am studying like health science and it is all about, I guess, physical activity. And there aren't enough people reaching the amount of physical activity every week that they should be. So I think sport is such a great way, fun and entertaining way to be able to achieve those lifestyle goals and physical activity guidelines and things like that. So I hope sport does end up, you know, obviously at an elite level, hopefully it continues to grow as an entertainment, I guess, for netball on its own. I would love for netball to become more professional and a full-time, I guess, job. But I think just in general life and in the communities, I think sport is, you know, great to connect people and everything like that. So I would love to see more and more kids play sport and more and more adults play sport. Like I would love for my mum to still be playing like walking netball or walking basketball or something like that because I know there's heaps of programs like that. So oh, I think sport can only grow. I see it as so much fun and so much entertainment for young kids and adults and anyone really like my grandma was playing tennis until she was 70 like I think it's just something that keeps you fit and healthy and I really like I love seeing people just have fun playing sport yeah yeah definitely and speaking of the future of sport something got announced today and it was that you have been named in the Aussie Diamonds Australian Development Squad so you may be the future of sport <laughs> oh, oh thank you no I'm very very grateful to be part of that um, after a tough year I think it was like a nice little ending um to finish off I guess the 2021 season and you know hopefully look towards the future to hopefully one day then I guess, move myself up into the diamonds, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully netball will be an Olympic sport and you get to don the green and gold playing for the diamonds, representing Australian netball at the Olympics. That's that's the big, the big dream. <laughs> it's a big dream. I hope, fingers crossed, that netball would be in the Olympics when it's in Brisbane in 2030. 
two. Yeah. But I don't think I'll be still playing then. I think I would have retired <laughs> at what thirty five. I'll be in eleven years. So. <laughs> yeah so hopefully um yeah hopefully netball does continues to grow um I think it's such an amazing community and yeah I think that it's got so much potential to grow and inspire many 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 people yeah definitely well thank you so so much for coming on tonight and and joining me and I guess whatever time anyone's listening to this so I really appreciate the little insight that you've provided into like what it was like with the COVID hubs and yeah, just your journey with netball. No, thanks for having me, Fiona. It's been really nice to talk to you. Um, yeah, it's so lovely and easy to talk to, so it's been really nice. And, you know, thanks to anyone else who listens as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.